0: Shaq, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will
1: with your wife. I'm a man. I'm 40. Uh, playoffs?
0: What are you about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.
1: And We're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game.
0: We're talking about
1: practice.
0: Hello, welcome to the Roll Podcast. I'm Bill Golden. Alongside me, as always, is Kevin McLernan. Kev, the second round is upon us, but before we get into uh the second round let's let's talk about the first round a little bit let's let's start in the east as we usually do with the number one overall seed boston celtics we we talked a little bit about each series in our in our last podcast but all those series are now over at the time chicago was up two to nothing on boston uh and and boston wasn't looking too hot but they won the next four and ended up winning the series
1: yeah i mean a real strange uh series rondo got hurt and I mean, that turned out to be the difference in the end for Chicago.
0: Yeah, I think that was a, a big factor. Also, you know, obviously the, the tragic death of Isaiah Thomas's sister kind of, you know, affected his play. And I think it affected the mood of the team also in, in the beginning there. But somehow, some way, he was able to rally. Totally incredible. And, uh, yeah, Rondo being injured was definitely a huge factor for Chicago. They looked like a completely different and much worse team without him. In um, Boston, you know, it, it's good momentum to get forward. I was really surprised they won four in a row, though, with the way that Chicago was playing through the first two games.
1: And they eventually won six in a row going into that Washington series. So they really they hit a stride after those first two games.
0: Yeah, for sure. They've, they've looked really good. Um, and and uh, Chicago was surprising. But like we talked about, with them being an eight seed, usually you don't have the kind of star power and, and you usually don't have a player like Rondo – who who uh, is so much of a different player in the playoffs, and he really was that guy again. So it it, it could have been a, a much more interesting series had he stayed in it, and I, I think we both think that Chicago had a legitimate shot at winning if, if he stayed in the series.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, injuries like that can just change an entire playoffs. Not that uh, I don't think the Celtics or um, Bulls would make it to the NBA Finals, but still uh, who knows what the Wizards series would be like if the Bulls won.
0: Absolutely. It would have been interesting. I think Chicago could have definitely beat the Wizards. I I'm like, I wouldn't say that I would pick them in that series, but it would have been really interesting to see an 8-seed in Eastern Conference Finals. That's something that uh, very rarely, if ever, happens. But um, we'll, we'll move on to the next series, Washington and Atlanta. Atlanta didn't look very good through the first couple of games. They they played a little bit better, and but in the end, Washington wins this series in 6 and moves on to play Boston. What are your thoughts on this one?
1: Man, it was a weird series because, I mean, those first two games, Washington just dominated, and then they went to Atlanta and just did not look like the same team. Um, I mean, they won games five and six to, to win four two, but still uh, they were not as impressive after the first two games. Um, and it really has carried into this uh, next series. I mean, they've looked good in the first couple parts of the, the games against the Celtics, but we'll get into that later, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think we were both right in our assessment. The key, you know, unfortunately for Atlanta, and I say this unfortunately because he tends to not show up, and the the key was Dwight Howard, uh, who was good in a couple games or decent enough to get them over the hump in a couple games. The way they looked in the beginning, like you said, it looked like this could even be a sweep. But um, at the end, you know, Washington did did win. But Atlanta looked good at times. It it should be interesting to see what they're going to do going forward. They have a lot of questions to address. But I agree with you. Washington looks like a team that could could beat Boston. It should be a good series, and like you said, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, We can move on to the Toronto-Milwaukee series. Milwaukee looked really, really good in the beginning of the series. Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan seemed to be pulling a classic Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, not showing up when they need to show up. But eventually they came around, they turned it around, and they ended up winning the series in six. Milwaukee's got a really bright future. They'll probably be a top-four seed next year and for a long time going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because, I mean, this Toronto team has not performed well in the playoffs. That, that was, I think that series was more about uh, Milwaukee just not being ready yet and not being fully healthy, missing Jabari, uh, than Toronto looking impressive.
0: Yeah, that was the thing that was surprising is Jabari is such a big part of that team, but they were still able to step up. They have a lot of young guys on the roster. I know we talked about that. And they just looked really impressive, but I think you, you're totally right. Jason Kidd is doing a great job out there, but they, need, they needed another year. Next year, they, they might be able to win a series, maybe two in the postseason. That, that remains to be seen. And obviously the development of, of Jabari his recovery and, and the development of Giannis obviously is going to be so big in determining how well they are going forward. Good yeah, they are. If, Sorry.
1: if Giannis makes another jump like he did this year, then I mean, that team's going to be unbelievable next year and really have a chance to contend in the Eastern Conference.
0: Absolutely. Alright, we'll go on to the final series in the East, Cleveland and Indiana. Indiana did keep it interesting. Uh, I think game one was really close. I think there was a close game in Indiana also, but at the end of the day, I don't think any of the games are actually blowouts, but uh, Cleveland ends up sweeping them. They just took care of business. LeBron at times... Uh, was carrying the team. He looked like, honestly, he looks like this might be as good as he's ever been, which is incredible considering he's 32. Yeah,
1: I mean, the Pacers just aren't, aren't good enough. Um, and LeBron played well. I mean, that's all that really matters for the Cavs in those first couple of rounds.
0: Yeah, it, it's there's not much to talk about. It was a sweep. So we'll move on. Uh, the other side of the bracket, the Western Conference, Golden State, another sweep over Portland. This was a team that um, kind of took a little bit of a step back, I think, in most people's eyes this season. Should be interesting what kind of decisions they make going forward, um, but they, they really couldn't do much of anything. I, I, you know, as much as you can say what bad things about Portland, I don't really have anything bad to say about them because Golden State is just so good, and it's no fault of theirs that they got swept, to be honest. Well,
1: Portland has three picks in the first round this year, and uh, I expect it was picks to be high-risk, high-reward players, Um, just because, I mean, that's what they need. They need a big guy that has a lot of potential, um, and they have to hit on one of those.
0: Yeah, with Lillard and McCollum, they have, you know, one of the best backcourts in the league, so going forward, like you said, I mean, this is the time now. They're right at the beginning in the middle-ish of their primes. If they're going to make moves, they're going to have to do it quickly, and they still need at least probably two good players to, to make that leap. So, you know, for them, hopefully they get lucky with those draft picks. Um, The next series to talk about, the Clippers and Utah Jazz. This was the longest series in the first round, the only one to go seven games. The Clippers obviously, you know, lose Blake Griffin. I was unimpressed by the Jazz. I thought at that point they would kind of step on the Clippers' throat. Um, But the Clippers hung in there. Chris Paul, um, he's in his 30s also, just absolutely magnificent. He's he's still getting it done. But uh, this this Clippers team is probably going to get blown up now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, I can't imagine Chris Paul leaving. I mean, like, like we've talked about before, the C, uh, CBA has been changed, and and he's just the one who negotiated that. And, I mean, he basically built it so players like him can get huge contracts with the team if they stay, and I can't see him leaving. But, I mean, Blake is unrestricted free agent, and I won't be surprised if he leaves. I, I mean, it, it, I would be – I guess I would bet on him staying, but I won't be shocked if he leaves.
0: Yeah, there's also uh, some speculation about Kristaps Porzingis possibly being moved to the Clippers. There was a tweet. He claims that he's been, he was hacked. Um, who knows if that's true. That could be really interesting for the Clippers. I don't know that he could fit in alongside both DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, so maybe that indicates if they do make that move that Blake leaves. But they're going to have to do something major here. Unfortunately, they've never you know, made a deep run and, and, and injuries have had a, a, you know, a big part in that, but at this point they, they have to make a move one way or the other to try to, to try something different and try a different formula.
1: I would be surprised. I mean, if Kristaps was going to LA, I would assume it has to be a trade involving Blake. Um, I mean, I, I just don't know what else they would be able to give up a uh, value to get Kristaps. So, I mean, of course it's just speculation. I, I find it hard to believe that he was hacked and somebody would put that on his his Twitter, but that's what he says.
0: Yeah, and there's some people who are using other social media um, accounts to kind of piece some uh, things together. I I am with you. I think that um, he's now lying. I think he he made a mistake. I can't really blame him for lying at this point. Um, I think he made a mistake tweeting that out. Um, Maybe he didn't mean to tweet it. Maybe he meant to send it as a text message. Who knows? But yeah, I'm with you. I think if this trade would happen... It would be that the Clippers sign Blake and then trade him, um, some, something of that nature. Um, Did
1: you tweet? I didn't actually see the tweet or, or know what it says.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't see it when he tweeted it. I saw a screenshot of it. It was it just said um, either LA Clippers or Clippers and then uh, three uh, smiley face emojis. His defense of why he didn't tweet it is he actually tweeted uh, it was hacked. And then the next tweet he said, I don't even use that emoji. And it was, uh, screenshot of the emojis and it, it, in the frequently used emoji section uh, that emoji did not appear although I imagine that you could probably do something by removing it or um, using a, an emoji uh, the other emojis more or he could have gotten that screenshot from somebody else's phone so I don't know it's just like he, it seems like he's going way out of his way to try to prove something honestly I think the emoji tweet makes it look even even worse on his part but uh, you know who knows
1: yeah it just seems like a weird situation right now, but I mean, the timing of this, I mean, there's nothing that could happen right now that's going to send them to the Clippers. So
0: right. just, just the all season. Yeah. The Knicks are just a dumpster fire, but let's, let's just move on. Um, the the next series was Houston OKC. Um, I had this series very wrong. I had OKC in six, It ends up being Houston in five. Um, I think, it, it, for, my, for me, my, my perspective of this is that I, I totally overestimated OKC's uh, or Russell Westbrook's help. Uh, they were extremely underwhelming. Uh, the plus minus difference—I don't have the statistics in front of me—they're extremely overwhelming. Also, um, and and Harden's you know help really stepped up, and they played extremely well. And I don't think this was Harden versus Westbrook. I think this was uh, Houston, at least in the series, was just a far superior team.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, part of the blame has to go on Westbrook because, I mean, they spent the whole year without playing and in the in the postseason, and it's hard to turn that switch on. I mean, w- without them getting any... I mean, yeah, they were on the court, but they were basically just watching Westbrook all year.
0: Right, I think I, I texted you about how, not the similar help, but the similar style when Kobe had a couple bad teams. Um, I think you made a point that Kobe... Had less help. He did have Odom, but after that, there was really nothing on that team. Uh, you even Smush mentioned Parker. Smush Parker. Um, you know, started for that for that Lakers team. So, but I think the style was the same, and I think it was smart by the Lakers because of how little help they had to just let Kobe do what Kobe's going to do. But I think that OKC's offensive style, to your point, kind of ended up hurting them because instead of kind of doing what Harden does, which is mostly distributing. The offense goes through West, Russell Westbrook 100% of the time. And what happens is that when Russell Westbrook isn't on the court, the offense kind of dies because of the way it's structured. And I don't think enough people in the media were pointing that out. They just kind of were like, oh, his teammates are terrible. That's kind of true, but also like you're pointing out, the way their offense is structured is everyone stands and watches. So when that person's not on the court, no one knows what to do with themselves.
1: Yeah, and, and just I'm looking at Kobe's roster now, That this is – I'm looking at the box score from his 81-point game, so uh, it was Odom, Kobe, Chris Mim, Kwame Brown, Smush Parker was, was the starting five, and they had guys like Aaron McKee, Luke Walton, Devin George, Brian Cook on the bench.
0: Aaron McKee, oh wow, interesting. Yeah, an old
1: an old Aaron McKee.
0: Yeah, right, right. No, yeah, I mean... Josh
1: for... Poyicic.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that, that's obviously a, a quite terrible roster. But um, going forward for OKC, I mean, I think obviously they're going to need additional pieces, but I think the biggest key for them is restructuring the offense, and this is going to have to be Russell Westbrook realizing that his aggression is great, but I think his style of play needs to change just a little bit, and the team's offensive style needs to change just a little bit. He still needs to be aggressive, and he needs to take over when, when it's time to take over, but... This offensive structure is, is, is obviously, as you can see in this series, is, is just not going to work.
1: And, and they signed Oladipo to a long-term contract, and I mean, he has to develop into a better player, um, which, I mean, Westbrook has to play with him and work with him uh, to make that happen if, if they want to
0: be a real contender. That's the other thing, too. Oladipo looked like he, he just, I, I know he's better than he looked, and I think what you're alluding to is is that there's something with the chemistry or the offense, offensive structure that makes him kind of hesitant and less of himself. Because I, I think he's better than he played, and I'm not really going to blame him because I, again I think it's the structure of the offense and and Westbrook's play. Um, but we I can, mean,
1: I'm I'm pretty high on all depots. So I tend to agree with that.
0: All right, um, we'll move on to the Spurs Grizzly series. Totally surprised by Memphis. They end up winning two games in this series, but at the end of the day, San Antonio wins in six. Uh, a great quote uh, from Fisdale, take that for data. I think we talked about that a little bit uh, after uh, they lost, I think that was game two. Um, he's a good coach, but again, this is another team, we've talked about it before, that's probably going to have to, to uh, make some serious changes, especially after the failed Chandler Parsons experiment.
1: Yeah, and it's, I guess it's not really a complete failure because, I mean, it's not over with. They're going to have to deal with that contract for the next couple of years. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. They're off-season ahead. I think Randolph, Jamichael Green, and uh, guys like Vince Carter and Tony Allen are all uh, free agents. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those guys and um, how they're going to build around their big two. Yeah, all
0: right. All um... right. So, yeah, we were correct, I think, on, on the result of the series. The one series I was wrong on was OKC in Houston. And uh, you had the Clippers, but in your defense, uh, Blake Griffin got hurt, and that really changed pretty much everything in that series. Um, but let, let's go ahead and talk about the second round. The Eastern Conference, uh, the one-seed Boston Celtics playing the four-seed Washington Wizards. Like you said, the Wizards have looked good. Well, let's make one comment before we get into it, which is that uh, what you said to me right before the podcast, no game so far in the second round has has ended in single digits. That's never happened in NBA history. Um, I don't see that trend continuing. I think Boston, Washington, Houston, San Antonio are going to have some close games. We'll talk about that. But uh, Washington has looked good. They they look like a team that could beat Boston in the series. Um, We both... I'm sorry, I have Boston six, and you picked Washington six. Obviously, you made these picks to each other before the series started. How are you feeling about your pick right now? I'm
1: not feeling so confident about the six, but I still I would still pick Washington in the series. Uh, I think they have looked better overall. I mean, I think it's really two quarters that they've struggled in, and yes, they struggled very, very, uh, I mean, a lot in those two two quarters, and they let Boston just demolish them and win those two games. But – um I think with the help – I mean, Uber e being out uh, for game four uh, will hurt them, especially with the lack of depth they already have. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if they can get through game four um, because if they lose that one, I think it's over.
0: Yeah, the, the, the number one thing I'd say about the second round that has been great is it's very chippy in multiple series, including this one. And Boston tends to be this, this way. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Isaiah Thomas – um, his attitude or just the team. I don't know. Um, I've even seen Brad Stevens yelling and screaming and going crazy, which is like the total polar opposite of everything that Brad Stevens is. So it's just a fascinating series from that standpoint. But again, you got to, you know, I'm reminded of Draymond Green with the Ubre situation. You, you have, you can do certain things, but you got to be able to control yourself ultimately and not be thrown out of a very vital game four. Your team needs you, like you said. They don't have a whole lot of depth already. Um, you know they're down two to one in the series. You know, so I think it's going to hurt them. Luckily, it's not somebody who's you know a, you know a lot, a lot a better player like Beal or, or, or Wall. But those guys have been in the league a little bit longer. I think they're a little bit smarter than making that kind of decision. I'm still sticking with Boston, but Washington looks a lot better than I thought they they were. Uh, and I'm a little, I'm a little scared, but I'm sticking with my pick. I'm pre- I'm still pretty confident.
1: Yeah, and don't forget, uh, Marcus Morris playing for Markeith, uh in Game Two after Marquise <laughs> rolled his ankle. You know.
0: Yes, the Ringer, uh, Bill Simmons' website definitely went. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's it's definitely worth the read. It's very interesting. It's funny. Um, it's just an article basically covering how alike the, the Morris twins are. It's really strange how alike they are and how much they like to do the same exact thing, including their entire almost every single tattoo. Every visible tattoo during a game is exactly the same in exactly the same place. The two different tattoos they have would be underneath the jersey. So it would be very difficult to tell them apart if they had switched. Um, Obviously, Morris looked really healthy and recovered. Uh, in that next game, so there was there was some speculation. I think most of it was just in joking, but it, it, the article is pretty pretty good. It goes into pr- pretty good detail, and it, it makes it interesting for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously we're joking, or at least I am. That uh, Markeith was definitely playing, but uh, the article is definitely interesting to
0: read. For sure, yeah. All right, uh, we'll, we'll go on to the the series. It's actually playing. They're playing game four right now. Uh, Toronto and Cleveland. We both had Cleveland in five. I think that we both thought that Toronto would win one of the two games at home, considering they've already lost one game at home. That would mean they'd have to win one today. Personally, Kev, I think Cleveland, with the way they've looked in this series, they're going to sweep Toronto. What do you think?
1: They're up 20, Toronto's up 26-19 right now. Um, I'm looking to see if Kyle Lowry's playing. He said he was doubtful. No, he's not playing. He's not playing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't see them winning this game. Um, I think Cleveland will sweep. Um, they're, they're just, they just—they've just looked too good. And I mean, it's got to be frustrating for Toronto because I think they had—they the, thought they had a legit chance this year, uh, making the finals.
0: The thing that really, you know, jumped off the page to me. And I know Lowry was out, but not only did Cleveland beat you really badly, two games in a row. Then they come out and Kyle Korver actually said, and this didn't get a whole lot of press, Korver actually said that their mindset was that they're trying to sweep every series to give themselves more rest. So he said that they're not even going game by game against Toronto, who you said they have the attitude of we can make the finals this year. And they're, Cleveland's not even thinking about a game by game approach. They're just thinking about taking four games and moving on to the next series, already looking past you. I mean, there's just so much disrespect in that. And they just came out and they're just, they just were flat and – I mean, they might be up. It's the first quarter, but they'll probably end up losing by double digits again. I, granted, Cleveland's a superior team, um, but they should have had they should have two close games, and they should probably win at least one of them in this series. Uh, totally disappointing.
1: I think it'll be interesting to see what Kyle Lowry does now um, in the offseason, season, uh, because I just assumed he was going to go back to Toronto. But I mean, if if he's looking at this team and and honestly thinks they can beat Cleveland next year, then um, I, I guess he would just be staying there for the money because I don't, I don't see this team um, being able to get past Cleveland next year either.
0: The other interesting aspect of this is what's Toronto's perspective? Of course, Lowry's going to probably want to stay no matter what because of the amount of ridiculous amount of money that it would be available to him. But if I'm Toronto, first of all, Kyle Lowry's good, but he's proven that he's not worth that money, especially with what he's done in the playoffs. Uh, and I, I think he's a little overrated to begin with. I think he's a solid player. He's not a franchise player, and he's not worth that kind of money. And I think Toronto, if they're smart, they're not going to resign him. They'll, they'll go hunt in the free agent market, maybe try to lure Blake Griffin or somebody else. Unless Lowry takes a cut to stay at home, or you know, stay in Toronto, uh, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Toronto giving him, you know, that full contract.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good point. Uh... I think he's going to get the max, or his max at least. Uh, I like how the CBA has put it that there's not just one max. It all depends on um, the different things you've done in your career, uh, depending on uh, how much money you can make. So uh, I think one team will give him the max, though, if he doesn't stay in Toronto.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's definitely going to happen. I agree. Uh, should, Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I saw somebody tweet that I, I don't want him anywhere near... The 76ers. Is that what you said? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind him with the Sixers. I just don't want to give him a a max contract.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of would mind. I I think I want Simmons at the point guard, and I like McConnell as a backup. Lowry's not going to play, you know, backup point guard. I guess it would make the roster a lot better right now, and Simmons can play point forward and take over point at at certain times in the game. But, yeah, I mean, he's just going to be overpriced unless he takes some kind of discount because – he went to Villanova's from the area and all that stuff, it's possible. Um, but I'm not really interested, to be to be perfectly honest with you. But like you said, he's going to get his money somewhere. And if he's smart, you know, he's not going to end up getting a full-blown contract with Toronto. So I think he'll run. It, it should be interesting to see where he goes. He could make um, some teams, you know, a lot better. So um, it, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. All right, let's uh, move on to the West. Golden State and uh, the Jazz. Golden State looked really good in the first two games. The Jazz come back home, and it looked like they had a chance to win that game. Uh, I didn't fall for that. I thought Golden State would actually win by more, but it took them a while, but they finally pulled away in the end. This series also got pretty chippy in Game 3. Kevin Durant was even arguing with uh, Utah Jazz mascot at one point, so... Uh, it, it's been chippy, but I, I personally, we both had the sweep and I'm pretty confident that that's going to happen.
1: I, w- I wonder what the Warriors did after the game, since there's really no nightlife in Salt Lake City. <laughs> I mean, what did they do after the game last night? Uh, I, I mean, really, there's nothing to talk about here. I, I, I mean, we've been low on Utah all year. Obviously, they proved us wrong, but they're just
0: not in the Warriors class at all. No, Gordon Hayward's a great player. Um, I think if you if he's your third best player, you might be a championship contender. Uh, if you if he's I, your I would, huh?
1: If he's your second best player, you could be a contender.
0: Yeah, I guess, maybe. I mean, it just depends on who else you have, I guess. And and Rudy Gobert is is on his way to becoming probably a decent player, uh, but they're at least one big piece away from really doing any kind of damage. Um, but they have some young pieces, so let let's see what happens going forward. But. I don't see why. I was watching the game. They they do deserve a lot of credit because their roster is, is just not great. I mean, it's almost arguably bad. And they they got the fifth seed. They won a, they won a round. They get kept a playoff game close with Golden State. Maybe they'll do it again in Game Four. So they do deserve a lot of credit. Uh, they're playing to their full potential. I would say maybe above what I I mean, above, obviously above what both of us thought they were capable of. So I mean, kudos to them in that regard.
1: I'm going to assume by decent player, you mean like a, a, an all star level for Gobert, because I would already consider him a pretty decent player.
0: Yeah, I just, I guess what I wanted to do is I, I, I don't think he's going to be great. Um, I think he'll be a shot blocker. Obviously, he already is that. Uh, I don't see him ever becoming like a superstar or franchise player, but I think he's he's definitely a piece that could be part of a, a championship puzzle. Him and, and Hayward. They just need someone better than both of them to really take that next step, I guess.
1: Yeah, and, and George Hill being out hasn't helped his team um, compete. Uh, but they, I mean, like you said, they, they did stick with him for three quarters uh, in game three, so maybe they could uh, do that again and, and pull one out in game four. But we both picked the sweep, and I think we're both staying with it.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly am. And then there's the, the final series of the second round of the Western Conference. Houston-San Antonio, this has been probably the most fascinating series, at least to me. Houston comes out in Game 1 in San Antonio and just, I mean, beats the doors off of the Spurs. And of course, the media does the typical reaction of, oh, the Spurs are done, they're cooked, they're history, and now all of a sudden, the Spurs are back up 2-1. to You just don't count the Spurs out, that's just not how it goes with Popovich I know Tim Duncan's no longer there. I know Giannobli is an old man. I know Tony Parker's out. Uh, I even myself overreacted uh, texting you that that the Rockets were probably going to win the series. I didn't think that San Antonio was completely cooked. I thought they would still at least have a fighting chance. But for them to win the next two games totally surprised me. I expected them to win game two. um, But to win game three, it's interesting. And Houston really has their back against the wall going into game four at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, that team can get hot at any time. And Like you said, I mean, it, it's a Greg Popovich coach team. I mean, they're never going to be out of something, um, even when it looks like it. Aldridge has actually shown up the last couple games. Um, for the first game, I actually I got off work and went to the gym, got on the treadmill, and the game was on the TV, and I had to double-check my eyes because uh, the Royal Rockets were up by 30 in the first half, and I didn't think I was seeing it correctly.
0: Yeah, it, it, that's like I said when we when we started talking about the second round. Like you had mentioned, the fact that all the series have n- n- none of, none of the games have finished within the single digits is just totally bizarre. Um, but I expect, like I said at the top, that that you know, Golden State, Utah could, Toronto, Cleveland today could. Although I don't think either of those will happen. But Boston, Washington, Houston, San Antonio, both those series will have a very close end of the game, last possession, at least a couple uh, in both series, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really absurd that we're three games in each series uh, now and just every game has been separated by double digits. Um, I mean, and there's still, I mean, two series are two to one, so it's not like all four teams are dominating. Um, I mean, I'm sticking with San Antonio. Uh, I think Kawhi is just by far the best player um, on the court. Um, and uh, I mean, it's just that team anyways, it's too good.
0: Yeah. I think offensively, San Antonio has to take as much of the pressure and, and the production off of Kawhi. LaMarcus Aldridge cannot disappear. As a matter of fact, he needs to, and I know he's a little bit older now, but he needs to go back to his kind of Portland-esque dominance. He's not going to be this. He's not the same player. I get that, but he needs to, he needs to embrace that as much as possible, Patty Mills obviously has to step up. He's a great player, Uh, Tony Parker being out. Uh, They're putting a lot of pressure on a rookie, Um, You know Murray. He's done an okay job. He needs to turn the ball over just a little bit less. Powell needs to step up, make some shots. Because Kawhi's the biggest thing is going to be how much energy does Kawhi have at the end of games to cover Harden. That's the the key. They did a great job on Harden in Game 3. That's going to be the whole key going forward. But if Kawhi can be covering Harden at the end of games and still has some energy left – they're going to be able to win this series. Um, still, I'm still confident in them. We both uh, had them in seven. I think it's it's probably going to go six or seven at least. Um, but if that's going to happen, Houston yeah. has to win. Has to win today.
1: And if if you noticed, I mean, I think they they mentioned it on the game three that the Spurs were not trying to fight through those screens and getting the Harden wasn't getting those three point fouls. Um, that I mean, a lot of a lot of the players try to fight through the screens, and Harden just shoots it because they're going to touch his arm, um, which I hate to call, but I mean, technically, it is a foul. Um, but the Spurs have done a very good job of adjusting to that and not letting them get their threes.
0: Yeah, I think one of the statistics that always comes up during the, the Rockets Spurs game, any of the Rockets playoff games, is that uh, James Harden and Lou Williams are experts. Uh, obviously, Harden's in a class by himself, but at drawing three point. Uh, fouls on three-point shots Harden's just a great uh just great at drawing fouls really anywhere on the floor but the Spurs have always been known for their defense uh not just holding teams to you know a low amount of points but also just playing smart which includes like you said being able to stay in front or switch or do whatever you have to do to ensure that you're not fouling the other team so this is a really compelling series uh I think either of the teams that come out of this could make the next series interesting with Golden State, but like you said to me um, before, you know I think if you're a basketball fan, you really want to finally see the Spurs play the Warriors. Uh, that's the thing that somehow has been avoided the past few years, and I know as a basketball fan, I-, I really want that series. Yeah, I mean, I think we mentioned this
1: before the playoffs, Shane said that the Rockets have the best chance of beating the Warriors, but I mean, yeah, yeah, they do because they can get hot, but never put away uh, a Greg Popovich team. And, I mean, the, the changes he can make in-game and throughout the series, uh, still uh, never going away with the Spurs. They always have a chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just about your perspective. You could say the Rockets, you know, they make a lot of threes. You know, they're, they're, they're an offensive powerhouse when they really get going. But you saw what the Spurs did to them when they play really good defense. You know, they can really get them in a funk. Um, and the thing is that I don't care who you are. I don't think you're ever going to outshoot the golden state warriors. Um, I don't think that's the proper strategy. I think it's about, you got to play defense first. I mean, obviously you're going to have to shoot threes. You're going to have to make threes. You're gonna have to shoot well overall, obviously. I mean, against any of these teams, but I think playing great defense is really a way to, to get a team in a funk like they did with Houston. And that's why I think San Antonio has a he has a great shot against Golden State, and like you said, having coach Popovich, having Kawhi Leonard, those things you know are important. D'Antoni, D'Antoni's a great coach, but uh, he's never been uh, where Popovich has, and he's he's nowhere near as good of a coach, obviously. And and the other thing too is now that Steve Kerr, unfortunately, is out indefinitely, and he just had another surgery. It doesn't look like he's going to come back anytime soon. And Mike Brown, you know, has has coached good teams, obviously in Cleveland, but you know, he had LeBron. So I think Popovich, you know, wins that coaching matchup against Mike Brown, which could which could keep things interesting, also.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much uh, Steve Kerr's absence is hurting the team because I mean they're just so much better than the teams they've played. So, um, I mean, I, I hope he gets better. I mean, his back is giving him a lot of trouble. So um, it, it is going to be interesting to see how much that will affect them when they're playing the Rockets or the Spurs.
0: Right, I, I totally agree with you. Coaching is kind of irrelevant at this point. They've won seven games in a row. You know, you can go back to when Luke Walton had coached the team uh, last year for whatever 40, 40 or fifty games, and they had an excellent record. You know, the coaching really comes when you're facing a team that's almost as good, or just as good, or you know, as you in a high-pressure situation like the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. I think that's where coaching comes more into play. When you have to make adjustments game to game, like you said, you mentioned that Popovich is able to do even in game start making adjustments. Um, So, you know that that's what's going to be interesting, I think, going forward for Golden State because obviously everyone's you know healthy for the most part. Durant was out for a little bit, but he's back. So when they finally get into chess match, um, you know, will will Mike Brown be able to to keep up? But they still have they still have an overwhelming amount of talent. It's going to take a lot, no matter who they're playing. Uh, it's going to take you know a heck of an effort to to beat them in a series.
1: And I just looked up Steve or, uh, before Steve Kerr came back. Luke Walton had a thirty nine and full record with the team, and we'll see how many uh, years it uh, takes him to get that many wins with the Lakers.
0: <laughs> how many did they have this year? They had, they had close to twenty, right? Or they're in the team? I think they had twenty five. Oh, they did 25, they? that wow.
1: they, they went on that. Uh, they got twenty six because they went on that ridiculous win streak at the end of the year.
0: Right. So um, I'm sticking with my my picks um, going forward as well. I think it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland. Are you thinking the same?
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing I've seen has even made me question that at all.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Hopefully we get Spurs, Warriors, and that could be interesting. I don't think either Boston or Washington will make a competitive series with Cleveland at this point. Like I said, they've just been steamrolling, and LeBron looks as good as LeBron has ever been. This might be the best version of him. His last 10 playoff games since they were down 3-1 to one in the finals, uh, he's averaging well over 30 points, almost 10 rebounds, or 10 assists and 8 rebounds. He's shooting like 55%. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He was making multiple you know, full-speed spinning left-handed shots in the last game. His confidence is is at its height, and Kyrie is not even. Kyrie's been horrible in a couple of games. So once he finally gets going, they're they're uh, they're, they're probably going to steamroll their way right to the finals.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that uh, whoever wins the other series will, will could at least take a couple games from Cleveland. I mean, I know you want them to be fully healthy so that they give the Warriors a good uh, series, but I, I don't hope. I hope they're not twelve zero going into the finals.
0: Well, I, has it ever been done, or is, it, is 11 the record?
1: 11's the record, yeah. The, the, the Lakers have done it twice, I think. Okay. And, I mean, I, I know they were 11-0, uh in one when Iverson uh, beat them in Game 1 of the Finals. But that's, yeah, I mean, the the first round was only five games back then, so but they didn't have a chance to. Three teams before getting to the finals with four games.
0: Uh, okay. So that's kind of what prevented them from from that happening. I see. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, like like you said, I think the the best chance for Cleveland obviously is that they they go twelve and zero, and Golden State loses to Utah one one game. Probably is the only realistic possibility there, and then they go seven with either Houston or, or the Spurs. But I think we're going to have a great finals. The way that Cleveland's playing right now, um, I think either way, uh, no matter how much rest each team has, I think it'll be a great finals. So I'm really looking forward to the rematch, I know some people don't want to see it again. But, I mean, these are the best two teams in the sport. It's not even a question, I don't think, at this point. And, um, you know, for me, I I want to see the best teams play it out. You don't want to see a team that's inferior uh, against another team in the finals. You know, you want a long series. We've seen it before, so... Um, but I guess we'll just finish on you know one one last note. I know a lot of NBA fans don't want to hear this, but as Sixers fans, this is something that we've gotten used to talking about. Hopefully, next season, uh, we're talking about the Sixers in the second round, and you know we can talk about and laugh at the Lakers and uh, other futile teams who are who are waiting for the ping pong balls. Uh, but for us Sixers fans, we are. Once again, waiting for the ping-pong balls. Um, I just saw a video the other day from Xfinity Live of a packed house going crazy when they are announcing the draft order from last year. I'm sure that the same will happen. Hopefully it will be a celebration for the Sixers fans at least.
1: Yeah, and it's it's also strange that a, that a team still, at this point in the playoffs, uh, has the best odds of getting the first overall pick uh, since the Celtics have the rights to swap picks with the Nets, which I was thinking the other day, I guess the... The Celtics representatives are just going to go to the lottery instead of the, the Nets, right? Because there's no way the Nets can going to have the pick.
0: Uh, that's really interesting. I'm not sure. Um, I would assume the same. I hadn't thought about that, actually. But, yeah, I would assume that that's what's going to happen, which is very weird.
1: Yeah, they could possibly still be in the playoffs, possibly in the conference finals, and also go to the lottery and be the number one uh, pick overall.
0: Right, um, and I—I I heard, you know how I am with the conspiracy of this whole thing. I heard that uh, Magic Johnson told um, told somebody in the organization, maybe it was the coach Walton, that yeah, that the Sixers. Although we have, is it over fifty percent chance of getting their pick?
1: Yeah, the uh, the Lakers have a forty six point nine percent to keep it.
0: Yeah, and Magic Johnson somehow has the has the confidence to tell Coach Walton that's not going to happen. And, you know, the best thing that could happen right now for the league is Boston to obviously not get the number one seed because they don't really need it. They're already pretty good. But the Lakers, obviously historic, historically great franchise. Always good to have the Lakers be good. They, you know, they sell a lot of jerseys and tickets and a lot of people tune in to watch the games. It's better for national TV, et cetera, et cetera. So it's another, it's another, uh, it's another piece of evidence if the Lakers win the lottery this year. Although that would mean that the Sixers would not get the pick, right? If they won the lottery. Yeah, I mean, if the Lakers finish, in the, if they get a top three pick, they keep their pick. Right. You know? Yeah. So. But then the,
1: the Lakers have to give the Sixers the pick next year.
0: Right. Right. But uh, the I think the assumption is if they get the number one overall pick, hopefully they get probably they would draft Fultz or somebody, and then they end up being. Better next year to the point where it might still be a lottery pick, but it won't be as high of a pick for Philadelphia next year. Not that the league's trying to necessarily, you know, kind of screw over Philadelphia, but I think you know it's just important for the Lakers to be good. So just keep an eye out. I think it. I think it's shady if they end up with the number one seed. That's all I'm going to say. The number one pick.
1: Well, a lot of people thought it was shady last year when the Sixers got it. So. At least it was shady in our favor last year.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, it's shady in our favor again this year. Uh, you have any other thoughts on on the lottery or anything?
1: No, I mean we we did talk about it with Shane, um, saying whether we all wanted that pick uh, to convey this year. And I um, mean, it will be interesting. I just it would be awesome if the, the Kings win the lottery. It would just be such a Sacramento thing to do, and then have to give it up to the Sixers.
0: Yes, that would be uh, that would be pretty funny, um, at least for most of the league. Obviously, Sacramento, not so much. Um, somehow, they always end up. We always end up talking about them and and Brooklyn um, and and the Knicks now, since they're all pretty disastrous organizations. But we certainly will uh, be watching the ping pong balls, uh, as will um, a lot of other teams, mostly non playoff teams. But as you mentioned, I think a lot of Celtics fans are going to be very interested to see where they're where their pick ends up at. Um, but we will definitely be co- watching that, and then we will talk some NBA draft, I think maybe after the postseason. Um, but we're definitely going to reconvene, uh, maybe after this round, give a little uh, conference finals preview. Uh, that should probably be next week, because I think the the Rockets-Spurs series will go pretty long. So I'm looking forward to that one.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm hoping for a Game 7 for that.
0: Um, and hoping for some closer games absolutely all right well until then thank you for listening this has been the pickerball podcast